Scripture this morning comes from Exodus, the 16th chapter, verses 2 through 12. To give you a, uh, a bit of a preface, the Israelites have been freed from bondage. They were gathered in a uh, place called Elam. For a time, Elam was a, an oasis. They have left Elam and they have journeyed into the wilderness. This is not the uh, 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. That was to come later as a uh, punishment for disobedience, for failure to uh, follow God's instruction to go into the promised land. This is immediately or close to immediately after they have left Egypt. They find themselves in desperate circumstance. The whole congregation of the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The Israelites said to him, If only we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots and ate our fill of bread, for you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. And the Lord said to Moses, I am going to rain bread from heaven for you. And each day the people shall go out and gather enough for that day. In that way I will test them whether they will follow my instruction or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring us, or bring in, it will be twice as much as they gathered on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your complaining against the Lord. For what are we that you should complain against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and your fill of bread in the morning, because the Lord has heard the complaining that you utter against him, what are we? Your complaining is not against us, but against the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the Israelites, Draw near. To the Lord, for he has heard your complaining. And as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of Israelites, they looked toward the wilderness, and the glory of the Lord appeared in a cloud. The Lord spoke to Moses and said, I have heard the complaining of the Israelites. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning shall have your fill of bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. It's God's word for us. Now, these verses concern what uh, we later know and, and uh, have heard over perhaps many years, some of you have heard, of the word manna, manna, bread from heaven. And so Moses receives this word from the Lord that bread will rain down. But here's the, uh, the interesting thing about 
manna. It was there all along. It was always there. It's still there in Palestine today. And it's there in such abundance that people still can go out and gather in the morning. Now, the first time that I had heard uh, exactly what manna was, it was a, uh, a revelation for me. And also disturbing to me. As I heard it in... Uh, a lecture, it was actually a, a, a guest kind of appearance that a man named Tom Turpin made in this church. And some of you know Tom, a longtime professor at Purdue University, and uh, came to be known over the years as the Bug Man. Well, about 16 years ago, I think, it was right around that, 16, 17 years ago, Tom was a guest by one of our groups in the church. Age doesn't matter. Ralph Lord was the uh, kind of the uh, head of that at, at that time. He and Ken Curtis. They got various different interesting speakers to come in and, and talk to that group about different kinds of things. And on this particular day, it was Tom Turpin. And during his conversation with the group, Tom turned to... Uh, Insects in the Bible. I don't know if he called it insects in the Bible, but he, he uh, had apparently, not apparently, he, had, he certainly become familiar with all the different ways that insects are mentioned, particularly in the Old Testament. And so he asked the group, do you know what, what mana is? You remember that? Mana, mana from he- bread from heaven? You remember that? And, and, and you know, most everybody in the group said, yeah, yeah we, we remember that. He said, do you know what that is? It's bread from heaven. It says so in the Bible. You know where the bread came from? Well, it came from the Lord. It rained down. No, he said, it may have come from the Lord. He said, I certainly believe that providentially it did come from the Lord. But mana is insect waste. It's secreted by insects uh, in that region after they eat. It, it creates a uh, kind of a flaky, sweet substance on the grass. It is collectible. You can gather it. You can make it into bread. Uh, again, still today, that's done. And so if you let it out there, if you leave it out there too long, it, it almost uh, you know, instantly uh, turns rotten. It's not edible. It's no good. You have to gather it. Joy in the morning. You have to gather it in the morning. So when the Lord speaks to Moses about this bread from heaven, this providential uh, provision that God makes, he's talking about something that's been there all along. I think there's a profound word in that for us. For how often in our own lives does God make provision for us in everyday things, things that are around us, Things that we may not be aware of or things that we just flat out ignore. Don't pay any attention to. Israelites, not so different from us. But in their awakening moment, this awakening word that's given to Moses, they recognize God's care 
God's presence, God's provision for them in desperate circumstance. And they are provided with that bread. And Moses in these, or the Bible in these verses also speaks of meat. And as the story goes on, they're provided meat by quail, for quail uh, by, by quail that are there in abundance. So they have meat to eat in the evening. Provision is made. And I think too often we look for God or we expect to find God in the extraordinary and we miss him in the ordinary. I was reminded in preparing for this of the story of Elijah. Some of you may know the story. Elijah uh, has this triumphant moment in his ministry where he uh, defeats 400 prophets of a foreign god. And in, in the midst of that victory, he runs from that spot all the way back to Jerusalem. He runs miles. I think, I'm sure, that Elijah was expecting a hero's welcome. That word would have traveled before him. Somebody probably got the idea it would be a lot faster to go back to Jerusalem on a horse. And we'll do that. And Elijah's thinking, they'll know what happened. They'll know of this victory of the Lord. They'll know how God has used me. But when he gets there, he finds something uh, totally contrary to what he thought he was going to find. He comes into the city and he he finds out there's a death warrant on his head. He's a wanted man. King and queen didn't like this. So, Elijah throws up his hands and says, enough is enough. I'm not going to forget this. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. God, don't call me. I'll call you if if I need you. And he runs to the wilderness. And then the angels of the Lord come to him, and this is what they say. This is what the angel says. Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. Speaking to Elijah, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire... A still, small voice. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in a mantle and bowed before God. He found it in the still, small voice, and we frequently uh, have talked about that over the years in this church. Where do you find God? Is it only in the extraordinary? Or... We find God not only in the extraordinary, because we do find God there. But most often we find God in the ordinary. Now, you have seen images over the last two or three weeks, at least uh, now, of the destruction that was caused by Harvey and then Irma. 
then Maria. And perhaps you've seen the destruction that was caused by the earthquake that was in Mexico. Well, in each of those instances, in each of those visuals, in each of those pictures that have, uh, have challenged all of us when we see people who are very desperate uh, and we struggle to, to make sense of that. We, we've heard about how many tens of thousands of people, uh, particularly in this country, don't have insurance for, for any of that. And, and oftentimes in insurance policies, those, those kind of events are described as acts of God. And in the midst of searching, uh, folks searching their insurance policies, they find out well, there's no coverage for these acts of God, or at least I don't have it in my policy. No flood insurance, no earthquake insurance. It's not there. You see people that are desperate. And a lot of these folks that are desperate uh, would prefer anything to that which they're experiencing. See, it's always been hard for me. How can people be so desperate that they, that they would, would, uh, would cry out and, and condemn Moses and, and uh, make accusations? Why did you bring us out here? Was it just to die? We would have been better off if you left us alone, left us in Egypt. I have a hard time understanding that. But, I thank God for this, I've never been that desperate in my life. I've, I've had challenges, just as I know you have. But I've never been that desperate. I wish I could go back and be a slave. At least I had something to eat. That's how desperate these folks were. And in the midst of that, there's provision. So, let me ask you another question about acts of God. You've seen all those horrible destruction. But in the midst of that, you've also seen people come together to help. You've also seen people pour out uh, their resources uh, unbelievably generous with their money. And I can guarantee you that in the days and weeks to come, when it's, it's finally uh, built up enough or, or things are straightened out enough that people can come and help with the cleanup, there'll be thousands of people that will do that. And we've seen all that in the midst of this desperation. So the question is, where, where is God acting? What is truly an act of God? And I'm going to suggest to you that in the midst of all that destruction, we've seen acts of God done by ordinary people. People who, who uh, in the ordinary, did something extraordinary. 
to help. We've seen it in ordinary people opening up their checkbooks and making donations in the millions of dollars. We've seen how God can work. We know that people are capable of terrible things. But we also know, we remember, something sparks in us, reminds us that we're created in God's image. And when we get in touch with that, when we draw near to the Lord and recognize that, when God, we recognize God moving and working in us, we can do, and do, uh, do extraordinary things. Ordinary folks who take time to do these extraordinary things. We find, we absolutely find God in the extraordinary from time to time. But I want to suggest to you that we find the bread of life. We find Jesus Christ. Jesus says in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. Rain down bread from heaven. We find God in the extraordinary presence of Jesus Christ. But in that extraordinary moment where God draws near to us in Christ Jesus... God calls on us to do some very ordinary, ordinary but difficult things. God calls on us to love each other, to care about each other, to forgive each other, to recognize that we're all children of God, to draw near to each other, not figure out ways to separate from each other or accentuate Differences among ourselves, God tells us to draw near. And when we draw near to God, God draws us near to each other. And in the ordinary living, being compassionate, being loving, being the people of God, that's where we find the extraordinary. Draw near. God's got some extraordinary things. He wants to do with your life. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for your presence always in Christ Jesus. We thank you for blessings that are ours and opportunities to serve that you give us. Lord, we thank you for people you put in our lives that have helped us through difficult times. God, we thank you for the opportunity to be that someone to somebody else that may be able to help through difficult, challenging, hard times. God, thank you for bread that rains down from heaven and that feeds our spirits and reminds us We're your children in Christ Jesus. Amen.